0: Welcome to the Come, Follow Me podcast, presented by BYU Speeches, featuring BYU devotionals and forums specially curated to accompany your weekly Come, Follow Me studies. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. Good morning. A primary president from Gilbert, Arizona, related the following experience to me. She was walking down the hall after primary one Sunday and overheard a parent talking to the couple who had recently been called as the Sunbeam teachers. The parent asked, How are you enjoying your calling as Sunbeam teachers? Sister Hamilton, the teacher, said, We think the only calling better than being Sunbeam teachers is being nursery leaders. (laughs) Brother and Sister Hamilton are empty nesters, having raised all of their children. They demonstrate a principle of owning your calling. When we own something, we take good care of it. We treat it with respect, and it becomes part of who we are. If we rent something, we know it's just going to be for a a short time, and we might not treat it as well as we would if we own it. But people who own things take good care of them, and they become part of them. A child who was having a hard time going to primary moved into the ward and was assigned to the Hamilton's sunbeam class. Some teachers might think, Well, this child will be moving on in just a few weeks. We don't really need to get to know him or be concerned about him. But that's not the attitude of someone who owns their calling. The Hamiltons, when they found out this boy had an interest in horses, planned a field trip with three-year-olds to visit a farm and feed horses. That's owning your calling. Think of the calling that you currently hold. As President Monson reminds us how we can influence others, he says, Our opportunities to give of ourself are limitless. There are hearts to gladden. There are kind words to say. There are deeds to be done. There are souls to save. Our theme from Psalms 100, verse 2 serve the Lord with gladness. Primary teachers serve the Lord with gladness. President Hinckley tells us I am constantly amazed at the vast amount of volunteer service our people give. I am convinced that volunteer service is the way to get the Lord's work done. The operation of wards and stakes and quorums and auxiliaries all move forward under the direction of volunteers. Kimberly and Nathan Isley live in Durham, North Carolina. Nathan tells the following story. Kimberly started attending sacrament meeting. After about a 30 year absence, Nathan would occasionally attend with Kimberly and their young son, Ben, but he didn't feel comfortable at church and he didn't feel like he deserved to be at sacrament meeting and especially at priesthood meeting. Kimberly continued to ease Nathan into the church without making him feel forced into anything. Nathan became acquainted with Kimberly's visiting teacher, Camille because of her visits to their home. At one point last spring, Kimberly ne- Camille needed a place to live for a few months, and so the Isleys extended an invitation, and she moved in, and they were glad that she did. After a few brief conversations with Camille about her feelings about the gospel, she asked Nathan if he wanted to hear the missionary discussions. He said yes. Nathan was prepared for baptism last spring. Nathan and Kimberly and their two young children are anticipating their sealing in the Salt Lake Temple in July. Visiting teachers serve the Lord with gladness. Sometimes we receive Church callings that seem beyond our abilities. Several years ago I was in the second year of being the Young Women's Sports Director and I was coaching volleyball. We received a call from the stake president to meet with him. I just assumed it was a call from my husband, as they all were. And so we, sh- we went to the stake president's office and there was a stake presidency all sitting there smiling as I was an ex- extended a call to be a Stake Relief Society president. I learned then that we don't necessarily graduate from so-called lesser callings to higher callings. I had never been a Ward Relief Society president. I had never been in a Ward Relief Society presidency before. And I was stunned. Of course I'd be glad to, I said, as thoughts were swirling in my head about the 13 Ward Relief Society presidencies in our stake. I knew that I loved the Lord. I knew that Relief Society enriched my life. I looked forward every Sunday to inspiring lessons. And I looked forward every month to Homemaking Day. In a few weeks, there was to be a stake Relief Society leadership meeting for me to conduct. And I had just been given a manual. How was I to teach seasoned Ward Relief Society presidents, one of whom was my own president, when I had just been given the manual? The holidays were coming with all of that hustle and bustle, and a daughter's engagement was imminent, and there were wedding plans that needed to be made. As I sat at the table to get organized, I said a fervent prayer that my mind would calm down and I could concentrate on the task at hand that I could study and read the Relief Society handbook to learn of my responsibilities. As I lifted a file folder of items that I had saved over the years of attending Relief Society, a bookmark fell out onto the table. On the bookmark was printed the scriptures from Doctrine and Covenants 11, verses 12-14. to I will impart unto you of my spirit, which shall enlighten your mind, And fill your soul with joy. And then shall ye know all things whatsoever you desire of me, by faith believing in me, that you shall receive. That's it, I thought. I was promised to have my mind enlightened, and to have the companionship of the Holy Ghost in this stewardship, and to receive joy in my soul. How could I not serve with gladness knowing of these promises? My mind calmed. I let out a sigh of relief and began the tasks at hand. This promise is for each of us who are willing to be obedient and serve. What a blessing those verses have been in my life in succeeding calls. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 9, verse 8, we learn— you must study it out in your mind. Then you may a, must ask me if it be right, and it, if it is right, you will feel that it is right. In my expi- experience, this scripture helped me wear out the Relief Society handbook. If you have a handbook of instructions for your calling, wear it out and get another one. As we read the handbook and pray over the materials therein, our thoughts are inspired and we can refer to it often. Relief Society leaders serve the Lord with gladness. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, is a f- scripture that's familiar to all of us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This scripture um, relates to an experience that President Faust tells about a man who was called to be the president of a Spanish branch. He worked as a car inspector for the railroad. The man told the stake president that he couldn't be the president of the Spanish branch because he could not read. The stake president promised this man that if he would accept the call and serve faithfully and be diligent in his work— that the Lord would bless him and sustain him. With the help of the Lord, this man, through his hard work, was blessed and learned to read. He served for many years as a branch president and was called to serve on the high council. Priesthood leaders serve the Lord with gladness. Some callings require more sacrifice of our time and talents. The Lord prepares the way for those who serve him. Sister Virginia Jensen, a former member of the General Presidency of the Relief Society, has reminded us that we do not know our own capabilities as the Lord knows them. We don't always see a hit how we can contribute in a calling. Sometimes when we receive a call, we question that calling. But the Lord does not call us to fail. President Monson reminds us that if we do our part, the Lord will will help us succeed. Our Heavenly Father needs each one of us, no matter what the calling is. We all serve the Lord in our own way, with our own talents and abilities. Sometimes we try to compare our contributions with others, and we feel we measure up short. The challenge for each of us is to serve with our own capabilities, our own uniqueness, not the sameness of others. We serve as who we are, not who we are not. Elder Scott gives us five principles that will help us overcome feelings of inadequacy. Number one, trust in God and His willingness to provide help no matter how challenging the circumstance. Number two, Obey His commandments and demonstrate that He can trust us. Number three, be sensitive to the promptings of the Spirit. Number four, act on those promptings with courage. Number five, be patient and understanding. When God lets us struggle to grow, and answers come a piece at a time over an extended period. Elder Scott assures us that as we exercise our faith, we will be blessed to find solutions that we would not find otherwise. Sister Pingree of the General Relief Society Presidency told us in our September visiting teaching message, In our lives there are unsettling circumstances when we are called upon to move out of our comfort zone and place complete trust in the Lord, as we put fear behind us and exercise faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit becomes a trusted companion, a tutor, and a directing force. We rely on the promise in 2nd Nephi chapter 32 verse 5. The Holy Ghost will show unto you all things what ye should do." If you can imagine Brigham Young, with all these saints who have come across the plains, he had to tell the people. Everything connected with the building of Zion requires actual labor. It is nonsense to talk about building a kingdom. Except by labor we have to work with our hands, plan with our minds, and devise ways and means to accomplish that object. About thirty years ago, when I was three months pregnant with our third child, my husband was still in his schooling, and he was the first counselor in a bishopric in the student ward. He was over the music, and I was called to be the ward choir director. What in the world were you thinking, dear, was the first thought that went through my mind. I guess he and the bishop thought because I could play the piano somewhat that I could direct a choir. Specifically what the bishop wanted— was a choir service for Christmas and for Easter. I was actually quite eager to get started, so I consulted the experts—friends and family members and music store personnel—to get appropriate music. We rented a piano on our meager student's budget, but we rented a piano by the month so I could practice at home and I would lead my husband and practice in front of a mirror. These were the days before the consolidated schedule, so I began to plan my Sabbath day. Terry, my husband, we lived close enough so he could walk to the hospital for his hospital rounds, and I would be home with the the three-year-old and the one-year-old and get them ready for Sunday school. We would get in the car, pick my husband up, and drive to church where he would walk up and sit on the stand. After Sunday school, I would take the children home because he would stay for his meetings. I would take the children home. After lunch, I would load the children in the car and uh, drive 15 minutes off campus to pick up a babysitter for choir practice. Drop them off at our apartment and then go back to the church to conduct a one-hour choir practice with very patient choir members. After choir practice, I would drive back to the apartment, and pick up the children and the babysitter, Take her home, go back home, get the children ready for Sacrament meeting. We would arrive at Sacrament meeting, and my husband was smiling from the stand. I was exhausted after this day of rest. Have you ever had a <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a Sunday like that? By springtime, of course, I was getting more pregnant, eight months. I started wearing support pantyhose to help reduce some swelling in my legs. A week before our our Easter choir service, I was at choir practice directing, and I felt the pantyhose start to slip. I wasn't too concerned at first, but as the choir practice progressed, so did the pantyhose. (laughs) Soon they were in a precarious band around my knees. Fortunately, I was able to waddle to the restroom after practice before they landed around my ankles. The next day I went to the store and bought white suspenders to wear under my clothes to hold up those pantyhose. Our choir members were pleased with the Easter services. We had felt the Lord's Spirit as we sang of Him and gained greater love for Him. Was it easy? No. Did we serve physically, mentally, and spiritually? Yes. That's what President Young told us we needed to do. Were we trusting in God and, and knowing that He would help us in our struggles, as Elder Scott told us? Yes. Choir members serve the Lord with gladness. You probably remember in last October's General Conference, this struck, struck me when President Kimball said— in your, within your sphere of responsibility, you have as serious an obligation as I do in my sphere of responsibility. It is up to all of us to build the kingdom of God. President Hinckley went on to tell that after a particularly difficult day, he looked up on, at a portrait of Brigham Young on his wall and said, Brigham, Brother Brigham, what should we do? He thought he saw him smile a little, and he seemed, today, he seemed to say, In my day I had problems enough of my own. Don't ask me to do what to do. This is your watch. Ask the Lord whose work this is. Apostles serve the Lord with gladness. When I am set apart for a call, I listen intently to the blessings that are given to me. And I write them down as soon as possible and keep them them in a place that I can refer to in times of need and renewal. When I was set apart as a temple worker, Brother Jones blessed me that I would be protected as I travel to and from the temple. This is this comes to my mind when I am driving home in a Utah snowstorm at nine o'clock at night. In our callings we may serve with people we normally wouldn't seek out. The things we learn from each other become invigorating and thought-provoking as we learn new insights and ideas from these people that we serve and from those we serve with. Cherished friendships develop as we serve with gladness. May we more, more fully understand And be grateful for the blessings the Lord gives us as we serve with gladness. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You've been listening to the Come Follow Me podcast, presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts of recent speeches, classic speeches, and BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer